0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring,
1: boring. By okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you, you,
2: you. Still have pro men running around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. Is Daniel Bard. Is Steve Aoki. Here's Saltalamacchia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford. Baseball is not boring. Once again, we were reminded of that thanks to a hallway in Las Vegas. Yeah, Scott Boris talked to the media at the GM meetings, and you can say what you want about Scott Boris. You can say that you don't like the way he's directing his clients, you don't like the way that he's directing baseball, but you cannot say that Scott Boris does not make baseball more entertaining, and proof was put on display once again, thanks to his get together at the GM meetings, in case you don't know how this works you, Boris at the GM meetings, at the winter meetings, everyone knows when he's going to talk. It circulates throughout the media. Scott Boris is talking, so we have to go and that we have to be there. Everyone understands that that is the thing that you have to be ready for. When Scott Boris talks, you follow him to a corner, you follow him to a stage, you follow wherever he goes because those 45 minutes to an hour – are going to be probably the highlight of your day. And that was certainly the case today. No question about it. It is amazing. It is amazing. What's amazing about what Scott does is that, to me, he stands there and answers questions one through whenever they end. That is it. And in this case, it was 45 minutes standing there, question upon question sometimes people repeat questions about the same players the same markets those sort of things but he just keeps them coming and most importantly oh my goodness some of the things that he comes up with and that's what I wanted to break down because you know why because we're all about baseball not being boring and when you listen to this it's going to bring a smile to your face. There is no other way to do it. I want to break down exactly what he did, exactly what he said in his quippiest of moments at the GM meetings. He starts off and he goes on this sort of rant about the draft. Okay. Fine. He talks about the pitch clock it shouldn't be in the playoffs. I agree with it. That sort of stuff. You know, okay. But then he gets into players and what I came away from. This whole exercise, listening to it, breaking it down, is that I desperately, I desperately want Scott Boris to to represent me. If for no other reason, I want him to take my name and make some sort of pun, like twist it around somehow, and then end up making everyone feel like they have to have me playing baseball for them. That's what I want, and maybe I'll ask him to do that. Maybe say, "Here, here's Robert Farnsworth Bradford." go, go get him. sell me to a team, sell me to the media. I would love that. I would love that because as you're about to hear, it doesn't matter who it is. He finds a way to do it. <laughs> it's, you cannot come away from this without chuckling a little bit. So anyway, I broke it down for you. I tried to take the highlights of it, the highlights, the best lines. Uh, with I'm going to comment after each one real quickly. So let's get to it. Here you go. Here's Scott Boris.
1: The free agent market is very much a, uh, a carnivore's market. There are many, many grades available for owners' menus. Those are more leaning, I think, to the filet mignon and the Wagyu than they are to the hamburger and vegan. Uh, Different than what we normally see, Um, our game is very healthy. Uh, we can definitely see from the early meetings here today that that there is a, uh, an aggressive design by a number of teams with the advance of the new playoff positioning where they feel that once they're in, they have an opportunity to uh, achieve their goals in championship. Football.
2: All right, so that was out of the gate. He, you knew that he had that one queued up, the whole stake analogy. And the appetite and the market and the, the wanting the, the teams wanted the koji beef rather than the hamburger. He, that one was queued up. That one was ready to go. That one was out of the gate. And I should note this. and I forgot to mention this at the beginning. Thanks. A huge thanks to Alex Beer for passing along this audio. You're going to hear Alex a little bit later in this, uh, in the soliloquy by, by Scott Boris, which is this classic, classic interjection, but out of the gate all right, fine, you got the hamburger, you got the steak, you got that analogy, we get it, that there's a lot of money out there, and you think teams are going to spend it. That's your takeaway. All right, thank you, Scott. Here you go. Here's, here's the next little quip.
1: Really, this is the first time that teams have had a chance to, to uh, sign the X-Men. Um, I think they're finding it to be a, a marvelous and marvelous opportunity. Yeah. You know, Bogie has a very he has a very famous uncle, Humphrey, and he has certainly <laughs> left him in his memoirs that kid there's gonna be a lot of teams looking at you. Alright. <laughs> With Bogarts,
2: Xander, X-Men. That one was, you could tell that was probably one of those ones where it took him a little while to probably to probably bring to the surface. Probably staring at the wall for about a minute in his office. I got it. X-Men, Marvel, all of that. Then, then he took it to another level with uh, the Humphrey Bogarts, the bogey thing probably should have just left it at X-Man, but I give him an A for effort, an A for effort. And so you got the first name, you got the last name, you have puns on each of them, well done. That's what Xander Bogarts is there for. And like I said, how can you not come away from something like that and say, what would he do with my name? And for Scott Boris, it's almost like, thank you. Thank you, Xander Bogarts, for being a good player, but also for having this name so I can do this. All right, all right, next up.
1: I think when when any organization makes a uh, a commitment. I think the first thing is that the player community, what do they have to say about it? And I I don't think they're looking at Texas and say they've got bum steers. They are clearly in a platform where clubs know that they're on the rise to do something that's very different than what's been done before. Their leadership is communicating to players. is about winning. And so I think the the billboards for what brand of baseball they want to achieve is, is, is what on his way all right texas
2: get it get it texas and when he really leans into brand it's almost like he knows if he just cruises through brand that people aren't gonna know what he's talking about he's that he's talking about obviously branding his steer so he emphasizes the brand you got to do it you don't want to leave that just out there cruise through it and waste it if you got it in your arsenal, fine, use it. That's exactly what he did. Texas Rangers come up. That's what he was going to go to. But then, you know what? He didn't have enough of Xander Bogarts. He had to go back. He, uh, he, Xander is a gift that keeps on giving, evidently, for, for Scott Boris in more ways than one.
1: This kind of X marks the spot on the map to the treasure of this Sierra Madre. <laughs> and when you get to those, you get to those moments... Um, I can never predict what will happen. All I can say is that the demand for these are special players. They're people who are silver slugger winners. They're, they're uh, you know, MVP type players. They are leaders. They're just, they're franchise players. And uh, those types of things, I think, are what, uh, and in certain markets, players that can play well there, that has to be understood.
2: All right. He couldn't leave it alone. He just couldn't leave it alone, right? I mean, X, get it, X. But if you got him, smoke him, right? There you go. I I believe that's the last Andrew Bogart uh, um, little funny that, that Scott had. But he got the most out of it, no question about it. Now comes, now comes, now comes the one that he had put in his holster And he's just, please, someone ask me about this guy. Please ask me about Brandon Nimmo. Please, please, please.
1: There are a lot of teams in the free agent market that are in the waters for a center field. And uh, whoever picks our guy (laughs) uh, will be the lucky one to finding Nemo.
2: I mean, do I need to comment? Do I really need to comment? <laughs> really? Good for you. <laughs> please, Brandon Nimmo, please be a free agent so I can talk about you at the GM meetings. Sure enough, boom, there it is. This next one, this it's not really quippy, but I think it basically sums up everything.
1: I think that any team that wants to get a lot better is going to go after the best players.
2: Any team that wants to get a lot better is going to go after the best players. Well, <laughs> there you go, teams. I don't know if you do that, but if you wanted to get better, you get the better players. And usually, usually those players cost a little bit more money. I think Scott knows that.
1: And, uh, and those, those rare shortstops who give you that, that two-way dynamic are... are uh you know they're just they're generational they're hard to find when we think back and I realize that we have a few short stops on the market but it is it's just a rare rare time you can have players at young ages who are so demonstrated and accomplished in their position and and I think teams recognize whatever you know that there's twice as many teams after small group that the the demand is is very very great and it should
2: I don't know if you know this Carlos Correa and Xander Bogart they're both shortstops, and they're both available here teams come get them
1: am I in that upper tier which allows me to be in that 35 40 percent of the league I'm in and I think it's clear that the the Cubs have a a lot to do to get into that 40%. But we also know that by the end of this free agent market, they can map into that group quite easily.
2: Hey Cubs, come spend some money, please, because if you don't spend the money, you're not going to be any good. And guess what? I have some players who you're going to want to spend some money on. That's the translation. This is someone
1: that's going to have to spend billions and billions of dollars. To buy the the Disneyland of baseball. And so when you go to do that and you're spending millions, chances are a multi-billionaire is not going to want to have a team that is not anything but considered to be a leader and, and to the level of what his accomplishments in life have been. So i found that major market clubs that are sold usually hit the ground running and are highly competitive, and that's certainly what I tell players.
2: This one had me thinking a little bit. First of all, are the Angels really the Disneyland of baseball? Are they... I mean, I know that they're right next to Disneyland, but are they the Disneyland of baseball? They have fake rocks in the outfield, kind of like Disney does. But are they the Disneyland of baseball? I don't know. They're they're adjacent. They're Disney adjacent. I guess that you could say, but it doesn't sound as good when you're trying to sell the team. And it also made me think about, with a billionaire thing, do they expect success? the same type of success they got from the, their path to being billionaires. I would like to think so. It sounds good, but there's just too many of these billionaires who are owning teams who aren't acting that way. They're, they're sort of acting more of like, as long as I can, the bottom line, as long as I don't lose too much money, then and I can go to the party and I can say, hey, I own the team. I'm not saying that's a majority, but you can't say all these guys are are very, very wealthy guys and have great success. So I don't know if what Scott's saying there really holds up, but it's a nice thought. You would like to think so. You would like to think a guy like Steve Cohen comes in to every one of these teams and says, you know, hey, I'm a competitive guy. I'm not going to settle for losing. But, you know, unfortunately, even these bad teams, they're owned by rich people. I don't know. That was a tough one.
1: When you're a franchise player, oh, you're a, you are you, you know it. You've known it for years. You have a ring on your finger. You've been a multiple all-star. You have all these things. So you're a fr- franchise brand. You're kind of the Dior of defense. You're the Hermes of hitting. You're the, the Louis V of leadership. You're the Prada of the postseason you it's a one stop shop for a championship designer. So for his considerations, he's looking for the club that is not only willing to, to add him, but either has the foundational talent or will add other talent to return him to that to that championship. Level. All
2: right. Listen, you have to give Boris credit there. Because you knew that he had that ready to go for Correa. You knew he had that whole Dior of defense, you know, prod of the postseason and all that one-stop shopping thing ready to go. But it's one thing to have it ready to go. I mean, you're like 20 minutes into this thing, and you remember, and you rattle it off, and that was – I'm sorry, that was flawless by him. Excellent job. Excellent job. Now, Cray is at the top of the list. You know you're going to be asked by, by, about him, so you know you have to have something ready to go, but still, A-plus. A-plus on that.
1: Last year, the thinking team, you know, uh, chose and, uh And this year... Has sculpted yet another masterpiece, and I think in the marketplace that his his definition of museum level art is now clearly understood by the teams and looked at as a true number one pitcher, you know, at a very young age, and frankly, the only one of his kind really in the marketplace at that age.
2: Uh, in case people don't know what Scott's talking about there. Auguste Rodin R-O-D-I-N not Carlos Rodin Auguste Rodin he was a sculptor a French sculptor well you know that's what makes people think though everyone was going if they didn't know it and there was a couple people chuckling so they clearly did know the the sculptor who lived from 1840 to 1917 but some might not have and so you ran to Google I'm not going to tell you which one I was but well played
1: you know, the uh, the idea about teams winning and what they should do to win when they look to the character of the player. And I think you can ask anybody in Minnesota what Carlos Correa did for that team, the leadership. Um, pretty well documented what a postseason player he is, how good he is, his commitment to baseball. I don't think anybody's considered about something that occurred long ago and is now remedied because their their goal is they have to win and it's hard to win and you you don't let certain things get in the way of professional sports and I can go back and think of a lot of things historically that have occurred rivalries, Red Sox players playing for Yankees and Yankees players playing for Red Sox and, and Giants and Dodger players moving to one another that is all something that's common to me. Professional baseball. And so I would expect that the team is always going to do what's best for them that they feel to get better.
2: Now, this isn't a funny, but this was, a, I thought, like a, an interesting question to Boris, which is the whole dynamic would Correa land with the Dodgers, even though he was part of that Houston team that stole the championship away from the Dodgers back in 2017? So that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. And, and once again, you've got to give Boris props here. How he bobbed and weaved his way through this one was pretty impressive.
1: Well, you know, when you have a 107 winning team and, and your attendance goes to two and a half million and a market where you can draw 3.8, you know it has a capacity where it's good business to have good teams and great players. So it's, it's not an unknown, and I'm sure the owners are going, I, we can draw really 3% more fans if we've got great players because our audience will support it. So for that reason, I would think they would be very, very aggressive because they've got a proven market, and uh, they've got the, the ability to, uh, the economic ability to attract a member of three agents.
2: Hey, San Francisco Giants, spend some money, you'll win some games, people will come, and then you'll make some money. That's the translation.
1: You know, the consideration really wasn't economic. It was really about comfort. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's better to take the six-pack than it is a search for the champagne.
2: Basically, what Scott Boris said about James Paxson is that he was drinking Boone's Farm when he could have gotten him the gold bottles. But, you know what? He wants the Boone's Farm. He wants the six-pack of Schlitz. That's his prerogative. But, you know, Scott could have gotten him the gold bottles. Scott could have gotten him the Monet. Or he could have gotten him the, the good stuff. But that's all right. Nothing wrong with just kicking back in the back of a pickup with a uh, shotgun and some sweats, And that's exactly, I guess, what James Paxton will be doing for $4 billion by accepting the, the option with the Boston Red Sox.
1: The Taiwan Walker is a... Uh, uh, he too, like Rodon, he's he's one of the few players that's under thirty, and um, and he's had a hundred multiple hundred and fifty inning pitch seasons. So essentially, Taiwan is on an island, and I think the only question is is who is willing Taipei. Oh.
2: I must have listened to that four times now. And I laugh every time. How can you not laugh? And I think that's what this is all about, man. Like, we get it. Like, he's not going to break any ground with a lot of this information. Some of it will be noteworthy. But you come away from this thing. It's like that line. Holy mackerel. Like It's it's so good. It's so good. And how can you not laugh? And so thank you, Scott Boris, for doing that. I mean, because that one, that one. And you're going to hear a couple others coming up. It, there's no room for interpretation It's like I'm just gonna I just, Please 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 allow me to say this guy's name Because I got these things ready to roll
1: I'm a very positive person I I expect Every team to spend Now Some consider Spending hamburger Or, or, or beyond Beef <laughs> But uh, I think the real meat of winning Is, is the idea That you're gonna have to certainly buy quality to get the quality you
2: desire two more staples there hey team spend money in a meat reference boom boom there you go and now once again you're about 30 minutes into his interview into his press conference and he just keeps them coming
1: I, I assume that anybody that wants to really win is going to have interest in Carlos Correa. No teams are asking the players I represent to do my shortstop.
2: Uh, news item. Carlos Correa the Bogarts. They are playing second base next year.
1: You know when... Uh, when you're an attorney for players and the president of the team and the general manager of the team call you on the phone in June and they want to talk with you. This is normally not good news. And that and Derek were nice enough to call me and let me know that... Carlos's involvement in the organization, his participation with the young players, with the organization, his administration, the staff. They it was it was beyond expectations. It was extraordinary. They said they'd never seen anything like it from a young player. He just had a great time there. He really enjoyed it. He hits unbelievable in that ballpark. So it's it's really it really turned out to be a great fit and it's certainly something we're gonna to continue to discuss.
2: This was class classic this was classic this was the perfect setup like setting it up as oh my I, you know when people call me you know i get the call in the middle of the night this is basically what the it's the equivalent of i get the call in the middle of the night and you just expect a disaster you expect the worst news you could ever imagine but lo and behold, this guy, this person calling at 2 in the morning, they're not calling to say someone's been in an accident or there's been a travesty or something like that. No, they're just calling to say how awesome my kids are, how awesome my family is. That's basically what he's doing there. What a setup by Boris.
1: Any team that acquires one Soto, um, they're going like to certainly look at the idea that they have a hold of something that is... You know, he's a centurion. He is a guy that is. There may only be, there may not be a hundred of them major league history, but he's certainly earmarked for the early performance of his career to be that type of league. So, I don't think it's a question of if they'll do that. I think the question of is how they do that. And I'm sure before they traded for him, they had a lot of that in mind. They're a pretty planned group
2: centurion was a position in the roman army during classical antiquity nominally the commander of a century a military unit of around 80 legionnaires in a roman legion centuries were grouped into cohorts and commanded by their senior most centurion so in other words what you should take out of that is commander of a century so there you go one soto commander of the century
1: Sean Manaya, you know, has certainly had a great history in the game, durable pitcher, what he is. So, you, know, you get the general managers who call you and say, Manaya, you know, Man, I, uh, need a, name, a left-handed pitcher like that. You know, or you have Matt Boyd. You know, this guy is a, a wonderful guy, a great leader, and general managers come to me and say it's it's simply unavoidable that I go after a guy like. That. So that's my responsibility. But thank you. Are there any other phrases on the <laughs> list that you want to get through <laughs> before? Graph. Yeah. You know, you, you, the, the acts are always limited. By time you try, to, <laughs> try to give you a short story. You know, see you at the winter meetings.
2: <laughs> what you have to understand about what you just heard is that Boris was not asked about neither Shabbania or Matt Boyd. Neither one of them. But he wasn't going to leave that room until he mentioned those names and used those little quippy things. He was not going to waste those. (laughs) Good for him. Yeah, but you got to wedge him in. (laughs) Absolutely. And thank you, Alex Spear. Thank you, Alex Spear. After the Manaya and Boyd um, acts, the Manaya and Boyd lines... You had to say something. You had to say something <laughs> like he, Alex was saying what, what everybody was thinking. Really, really, really. But you know what? It, it's good. Like it's this. It's all right there. I don't think anyone doesn't know what's going on. He's there for half entertainment and half information. And what's wrong with that? Isn't that what baseballs all about?
1: Conforto who had an injury and now he's healthy. And he's kind of he's kind of uh, the return to the mic, the hit of free agency.
2: The return to the mic comment was forty minutes in. <laughs> forty minutes in, and wait, it
1: didn't stop there. Hmm. Well, Josh is you know first base switch hitter, DH. Um, you will know, hit great in the postseason. Has power. i mean he uh, he just
2: has all the bells and whistles yep josh bell had to sneak him in there too now the bells and whistle things sort of reeks of i'm losing a little bit of steam we're heading to the 45 minute mark bells and whistle that's all i got for you josh bell maybe it would have been something different 10 minutes in but no listen Boris is going to finish strong.
1: You, you see, you see, Aaron Judge possibly signing earlier than other guys, maybe setting the market. Uh, I would not be the judge of that. Boom! 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 There you go. All
2: right, listen. It was it was a good time. I had a lot of yucks listening to this over and over and over again it was good time that's what we're all about this, you have the gm meetings you have the winter meetings you have all this news and we'll break down all the news we'll have all kinds of good stuff coming up here on the baseballs and boring podcast i just appreciate everyone listening everyone keep leaving those nice reviews appreciate that and subscribing subscribing so these things are pop up on your phone right when you wake up. They're there every single morning at like 6 Eastern. So we, we make sure that they're there for you, and then maybe we'll have a couple others as the day rolls out. But I just appreciate everyone in this first couple of weeks doing everything they can to support the podcast. We're going to do our end, uh, and good things coming. But this was a fun one to do. I'm not going to lie to you. This was a fun one to do. All right, we'll see you. see you next time.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,